0: So I guess a super short pre-show. Um, as I was uh, gathering notes for today, uh, one of them is regarding uh, like checking out who who you used to follow on Twitter and all that. So yep. of course, I go ahead and download uh, my follower list. Uh, and it says, here's a link to open it in Macedon. Uh, so I like click that and I get a... A page that says import so i go and get the downloaded file and i import it um and then all of a sudden i start seeing a whole bunch of notifications but so and so is following code completion i'm like uh-oh uh it turns out the setting screen does not tell you at all which account you're logged into uh and i was logged into code completion so everyone i was following on twitter uh code completion account is now following back uh on macedon um which is what we were doing on on Twitter uh for the Kid completion account, anyway, yeah. so it's not like the end of the world, but <laughs> it was like super weird, so like hi people <laughs> <that we're following.
1: laughs> sorry, but also thank you
0: uh we welcome we welcome you to listen to our podcast um, <laughs> so just wanted to get get that out of the way. that's
1: great. That's a a classic happy little accident right there.
0: Yeah, let's put some happy little trees over here. Mm. Hello and welcome once again to episode 138 of Code Completion. We're a group of iOS developers and educators hoping to share what we love most about development, Apple technology, and completing your code. My name is Dimitri, and I'll be your host once again for this episode, and I'm joined today by my fellow completionist, Spencer. Hey there. So we usually start off with uh, what's new in the Swift Evolution uh, pipeline. Uh, But everything is still kind of up in the air with Swift Evolution uh, at the moment. Um, All the proposals are actively being uh, discussed. Uh, If you had any hopes for uh, observability, uh, making it to older versions of the OSs, uh, those hopes and dreams uh, should be uh, quenched now, uh, because it doesn't seem like it's going to be worth the investment like it was worth for uh, Swift Concurrency uh sure. as I was told directly when I when I said uh as such on the forum. so uh don't be me uh and and listen to what people say before they have to reply again uh and uh everything should be good uh so in lieu of uh swift evolution updates uh I have a open source project update of my own to share uh and that is I've bumped the version for bytes uh which is a uh swift package uh to 0.3. Uh, so it is no longer in 0.2. It's got some brand new features, uh, namely because I was using bytes a lot recently uh, with Codable Store, uh, and uh, it needed some, some fine tuning. So I put a whole bunch of work into that and I like switched around three lines on Codable Store afterwards to use nice. the new stuff. So I like gained nothing out of, out of uh, all this, Uh, all these improvements, uh, which was a lot of copy pasting and updating documentation. Uh, So it wasn't a huge amount of effort. But um, yeah, Uh, bytes is, uh, for those who don't know, it is a uh, library that allows you to read a stream of bytes in Swift. Um, By stream of bytes, uh, this can come in a few different kind of flavors. It can just be an array of uint8s, which is what a byte is. Um, or it can be a sequence of uint8s, whether that's a regular sy- uh, synchronous sequence or an asynchronous sequence. Um, and once you have an iterator uh, from one of those sequences, you can go ahead and ask for the next uh, big endian uint16, uh, or you can go ahead and ask for the next uh, 17 bytes as a string, um, or like so and so forth, it supports raw va- values. It supports U UIDs. It supports strings. It supports uh, your your family of integers, uh, and it is generally useful if you ever want to work with binary data uh, in a way that's not going to make you feel like you're uh, you have type checks all over the place. Because this can go ahead and just give you a single one line to uh, try or try await uh, the next x bytes uh, and you get that if it matches um, and you can do something with it like use it as a value to read the next x bytes and so on and so forth so it's great for those typical uh, setups where you need to like work with a stream of bytes so uh, that's what I wrote it for and uh, yeah I hope it can be useful for others
1: nice yeah I'm uh, planning on converting some of my own uh, vapor code to, to use it so I'm excited to try it out i haven't had an opportunity to but i think it'll work great for what i need
0: well over here on code completion hosts you get premium support <laughs> just kidding yeah uh, <laughs> yes. uh if anyone if anyone has any issues with bytes like feel free to jump over to the github and and poke around the discussions uh area i've never used it uh, the discussions on github so uh it'll be a good excuse for that um but yeah Uh, In other uh, open source related news, Swift Package Index uh, now supports Vision OS. Um, So this is something that they uh, basically added overnight, uh, just like they added to 5.9 support overnight. Um, So it's great to see it there. Um, And uh, the aforementioned bytes already supports Vision OS because uh, why wouldn't it? Uh, But... Uh, Codable Data Store, which I'm currently working on, did not support Vision OS. Uh, so this is that time of year where you get the public, uh, the, the friendly PSA about uh, don't conform types to protocols you didn't write. Um, and this is why. Uh, so in my case, uh, I am using UUIDs as a reasonable default for what people might use as identifiers in Codable Data Store. Um, however, UUIDs do not conform to Codable. So uh, I went ahead and since it's kind of uh, integral to how uh, my thing works, I added conformance to Codable uh, for UUIDs based on the code that Apple ships or is planning to ship uh, with the open, the new foundation framework. Uh, so I basically copy pasted that code into into. Uh codeable data store and uh linked to it and uh that provides backwards compatibility however uh since vision o s does not have a pre one point it's just this is vision o s mm-hmm. um it has support for marking u i d s as comparable um and one problem with that is now there are two uh there are two implementations for the less than operator right Uh, Mine and Apple's, which turns out they match, but the compiler is not so keen on just picking one over the other. Uh, So in my case, uh, the fix for that uh, was twofold. Uh, The first was to mark mine as a disfavored overload, so that way uh, I can go ahead and use the system one if available. Um, So that was part of it. I'm not totally convinced that that works, and we talked about it on a previous episode, but the more I think about it, the more like unsure I am that that's like a an actual solution to this because I'm pretty sure disfavored favorite overload uh, impacts the compile, uh, like at compile time, which uh, method signature you're actually pointing to. It does not necessarily just go ahead and uh, have like a, a replaceable thing that can happen at link time, uh, at runtime. Uh, so I'm not sure that that's just going to work, but if it does not, then I will go ahead and fix it. Uh, But if it does, I'm going to leave it as is. Uh, And the second thing I needed to do was uh, duplicate the code uh, with some uh, classic if defs uh, with regard to checking if either we are less than 5.9 or we are not on Vision OS to add the comparable um, Hmm. uh, flag, uh, not flag, the conformance to, to UUID. Otherwise... Just putting the comparable conformance does cause a warning to show up. And I have, uh, you treat warnings as errors, so that fails on my CI. Uh, So that is uh, fun. Uh, But that was also something that I could fix uh, with some digging. So uh, once again, uh, as best as you can, try not to conform types that you don't own to protocols you didn't write. uh, And you will uh, live a happy programmer life. Um, And if you don't, then you're going to stub your toe when a new platform comes out like vision os that can freely deprecate all the things that were classically deprecated but also mm-hmm. make all the things that were if at available just available um which is is kind of annoying because linux doesn't support all, a lot of those new yeah. uh, foundation stuff it's uh, still in the old world so uh one day we'll get there but uh yeah it's it's something that uh doesn't doesn't work as seamless as i would have hoped
1: so what I'm hearing is now you have a reason to buy the headset, so you can make sure that it works with Codeable Data Store with that overload, right? I mean, you gotta yeah. test it. I, you, I you have, have to have test to. it.
0: Well, I expect the headset to work. I don't. I don't know if older versions of like macOS and I. I guess I could no. test that as well. Like right, yeah. like if I just yeah. build it locally on my Mac, I'm not running Sonoma or anything. Uh, yeah. So if that works, then. Uh, I guess I'm good, uh, so <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I didn't think of that earlier, but uh, yeah, sensibly that is something also I could test, uh, and this is when I reveal I don't always run the test locally when I push the C, <gasps> and I just kind no. of assume if it's compiling uh, that everything is good, uh, so I should probably rerun those tests, uh, <laughs> thanks for the reminder, um, you know. yeah, in uh solemn news uh yeah. apollo is finally uh saying goodbye and shutting down for good um and yeah it's it's been a good interesting month of updates regarding this
1: yeah super super bummer um on mastodon christian has a post talking about um there's there's one last apollo update and you can go on the app if you have uh a subscription with any remaining time um you can sort of like decline or opt out of that refund uh so he doesn't have to pay that because he's i think he said it's something uh yeah devs pay refunds out of pocket and this will be about $250,000 so uh don't don't leave him with that i uh i i tried to do it unfortunately my app crashes as soon as i open it um even after updating so uh i'm going to hopefully maybe delete it and try again but uh, yeah, that's that's a huge bummer. Don't leave him with that huge bill just because, you know, Reddit is terrible. Uh, so, yeah, and he he made a eulogy on Reddit itself as well, and uh, just the the support as through comments and everything is is really cool. And just saying like F spez and everything, it's it's <laughs> it's pretty bad. Uh, just you know, yeah, it's bad. So
0: super yeah. bummer. Uh, something cool that he is doing, though, is a lot of the artists uh, that made the icon designs for Apollo—they uh, helped out by making a bunch of phone, tablet, and desktop wallpapers. Um, and you can actually uh, donate into Christian's cause of not uh, going belly up uh, under bankruptcy. Uh, and uh, if you do donate uh, some additional money, if you if you can. Uh, then you will get these uh, wallpapers, which is really, really cool. So um, if that's within your means, uh, then please consider it. Uh, Regardless if it's not in your means, uh, but you were a subscriber to Apollo, uh, do go through the process of saying that you don't need a refund because by law, you need to say that you don't want uh, that refund. Um, It's not just going to automatically happen. Uh, And if you are uh if if you do want the refund uh then i guess do nothing but i would strongly encourage to do the alternative uh instead
1: yeah it's not much money for you but it definitely adds up for him yeah
0: uh and as a side note to all this uh the reddit official app uh was recently plagued with one-star reviews as a result of uh their uh their uh infinite wisdom of making these uh, decisions uh so uh yeah. Um I s I say like if we are forced to download an app that we don't really want to use, might as well give it a uh, proper rating. Um and I I it kinda hurts me to say that because as a as a former indie developer myself, those one star reviews really, really hurt. Yeah. Um but-, but I don't know any indie developer that has ever deserved uh this as much as Reddit deserves it for the actions that uh their leader has done so um yeah
1: yeah i wouldn't classify reddit as an indie app developer either so it's like not going to you know bankrupt them or anything it, it i think it's a good way to communicate so i i went on and <laughs> as soon as i saw this i went on and <laughs> gave it a one-star rating too so yeah, yeah. Just they deserve just- it
0: just a reminder in the app store, you don't need to type anything. You don't need to say anything. Yep. You can just tap one star and say send. Uh, and that's that's uh, often good enough to, to get that, get those reviews going down, which is unfortunate if you are an indie developer, yes. um, but fortunate in this case, if you want to send a very strongly worded message to, I guess, a bunch of people that don't really care about yep. what you have to say. So um, uh, at it's the something. very least, Yeah, it's it's a little something. Uh, A little something that is quite surprising uh, is that in iOS 17, uh, the Photos app can interpret laundry symbols, which is like so. Where did this come from, and uh, how did we not have it this whole time? Uh, That's all I have to say.
1: It's, I mean, it's just like hieroglyphics, basically, on your shirts. So super cool that this uh, that. Federico found this first of all, but like, yeah, it looks really good and uh that's a great addition. Super cool.
0: Yeah, and it knows exactly what what it's dealing with and it gives you like here's more information if you really want it. Uh and that's that's kind of amazing. Um so a plus to that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um Dmitri mentioned this in our pre show, but there is the Feta Finder is back now, which is fantastic so uh you like authorize your twitter account and it'll pull everyone you're following and see if they are also on uh any mastodon server and then you can you know go ahead and follow them as well so i think it got shut down i don't know if there's, this is from the original developer but i think the original one uh got shut down on twitter because they were you know trying to stop the, the mass exodus so uh it's cool that this is back and you can uh go onto a not terrible platform with yeah. all
0: your friends um, I'm, I'm quite surprised it's back. Uh, I imagine mm-hmm. it will not be back for long. So take advantage yep. of it while it's available. Um, and the reason why I say I can't imagine it to, to be available for long is because like, I think if, uh, within the past week, I don't, I don't have an exact date. Um, Twitter just decided to annul every single API key that they had, including like so apples fun. for like messages and stuff like that. So just everything Twitter just became, uh, uh, not not richly enabled links anywhere else, which is wonderful. Uh, so good job, Twitter. Uh, you're yeah. you're doing excellent. Um, you have a friend now, Reddit. Um, they they will they will be with you this whole ride. Uh, and Whoa. I hate to think that we've somehow ended up with a very large platforms that are probably like a wonderful nesting grounds for Nazis in some way. Uh, but this is the direction that they're clearly going in. So yeah, uh, wonderful. Um, that's, that's all I can say. Uh, something that is actually wonderful, uh, is that you can combine SF symbols in the SF symbols app. And I'm like, wait, what, uh, this is amazing.
1: Yeah. So this is brand new to, um, there was, I think announced in dub dub this year of 2023, Uh, So they've got, you know, some normal symbol and then you can put some component like a circle behind it to kind of make a background for the symbol or whatever. So uh, I've not messed around with this, but I would assume that you can kind of combine whatever. I'm sure you could get some weird looks, Um, but yeah, have some symbol with some component, put them together. Um, It looks really tasteful. So the symbol is like, you know, a a pretty deep purple. And then this component circle background is like a lavender and it just looks like very clean. So that's um that's something gonna be really that's really cool to um to mess around with. I yeah. quite enjoy SF symbols. Just I remember the days of going on like Icons Eight or the Noun project or something and downloading them and being like, Oh, if you want to use this for anything commercial, you gotta pay for it. And it's like a whole thing. So uh SF symbols are great.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh I think Steve Tron Smith uh questioned whether wh- or questioned why we don't have this for sounds as well, because in Vision OS mm. there's a lot of sound effects that play uh when you're doing a whole bunch of different things. Uh and it would be very awesome to have a library like this that's just part of the OS um that you can then yeah. go ahead and, and use. So uh that that would be something that would be pretty good to have. Um so looking forward to something like that in the future as well. I think for haptics, there's like a very minimal library uh, of available haptics Mm. that you can kind of make use of. Um, And, and a sound used to exist, which had a library, at least in the Mac that you can make use of. Uh, But it would be good for it to have a, have a little glow up, like, like with SS symbols um, for that.
1: Yeah, definitely. That'd be cool. Uh,
0: In terms of developer tooling, uh, there's two little tidbits that I've come across uh, while uh, going through my timeline. Uh, one, uh, Guy Rambo reports that you can, in fact, enable Stage Manager in the simulator. You just have to run a terminal command. Uh, so if you want to play around with Stage Manager uh, you, with your app, you should go ahead and run that so that we can get a better idea of how it's going to behave in all sorts of different scenarios, uh, especially now that it's been improved. Uh and the second one is that you can get the old logging in Xcode 15 uh with another uh command um and that will go ahead it's not really a command it's a it's an environment, environment variable. variable yeah but that that can enable an older app to to still have useful logs in this new uh OS logger world um so plus one to that
1: um, looks like the uh App Store Connect app has pass keys now. So you can there's a sign in with iPhone button. Uh that's pretty cool. Although uh you know, what what happens when you wanna sign in with iPhone on your iPhone? Yeah, so uh this requires
0: new new OS updates uh to make to, for this to all be possible. Uh but it is something that you can go ahead and do now. You can have a Completely password is let up, uh, which I would only recommend if you have copious amounts of backup devices to uh, (laughs) re-log in with, um, because otherwise, like, there goes your key along with everything else. Um, So uh, something to consider if you do want to ditch your very, very, very long Apple ID uh, that Apple once made you change on a monthly basis for whatever reason, because you were a developer uh and now ended up being atrociously long but you haven't yet memorized because uh you had to type it in once a month for many many months uh i'm not salty um so
1: i can tell you're not
0: uh so yeah uh this is a good thing to have in the distant future once all devices can get updated uh that would need to access your apple id and yeah good to see it
1: yeah um, next up, we have a couple of rumors and I just want to read this headline. Um, it says second gen Apple watch ultra coming this fall, new big iMac in early development with larger than 30 inch screen. My, my dumb brain at the end of the workday, just like fuse those two things together. And I read second gen Apple watch ultra coming with a 30 inch screen. I was like, cool. <laughs> that sounds very impractical. <laughs> so yeah, uh, no, two, two things. Apple watch ultra second gen. And a new iMac. So uh, yeah, that'll be cool. I don't really know why the uh, the Apple Watch Ultra needs a glow up unless they're making it out of like uh, meteorite this year or something. Uh, that'd be be cool. I'd buy that. Uh, but the uh, they're kind of talking about like the iMac Pro uh, is it was only there for one generation. It was 27 inches. So they may have like, a new iMac pro type of thing with like an M3 pro or ultra or something. So that'd be cool. Um, I think a lot of people quite enjoy the iMac. Um, I don't cause I have my stupid monitor, but, uh, I think it's good for a lot of people. So that'd be cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, I am not looking forward to Apple forgetting that colors exist once the pro model comes out. Yeah. Um, because it seems like they have forgotten. Uh, I don't know if the, the iMacs were a flop or something, uh but like there were so many chances for those colors to go to other devices which they just didn't uh so that's really unfortunate it seems like a lot of people at apple really like them considering that they are all over wwdc <laughs> sessions yeah. they are all over uh storefronts and uh and apple stores like they they use they like the fact that they're colorful um yeah. just something about it is not propagating which is kind of unfortunate maybe it's just really hard to man- mass manufacture stuff like that i don't yeah. think so uh i
1: don't believe that um but yeah man when i would i would just immediately buy like an m3 mac mini in blue or something like that mm-hmm. would be so good dude imagine
0: yeah. the amount of people you would nerd snipe into buying all seven colors of mac Mini. <laughs> Yeah. Like it is uh, such a thing that they don't need seven Mac minis or whatever uh or six Mac minis, but they will buy six they Mac have minis all the colors if you if you suddenly have all the colors yeah. so yeah So just think about it, apple is so putting that in little nugget there, and not that I would do it uh but i i am sure a lot of people will uh, <laughs> yeah. for no no sensible reason um I can imagine the folks at Mac Stadium. Uh, no one sees them other than them, so they're gonna happily buy all the colors. That'd and, be like, so cool. Organize them
1: on their a shelves. rainbow of yeah, yeah. But I mean, so, I know you would buy one too if it, it came in orange. I know that would be like I would get the a orange one. Decision, I, yeah.
0: I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily need a new Mac Mini at that point in time. <laughs> but if there was an orange one that was not gold, because gold sucks. Uh Does this look gold? No, it does not oh. look gold. It looks white, and it's disappointing. Um, but but you whatever. bought the.
1: You bought the orange iMac.
0: I did buy the orange
1: iMac. So So, Just saying. There's there's precedent.
0: This week's episode of Code Completion is once again brought to you by Super Easy Timer. Super Easy Timer is a quick and easy to use timer app for your Mac. It's complete text-based, so you can type in English what you want, 20 minutes or 5 p.m., hit enter, and instantly start a timer. The timer understands English text to create, update, and start a new timer. You can quickly change an active countdown even while it's still counting down. There are simple keyboard... Shortcuts to reset or pause, no menus, no sliders, just use English to control your timer. We want to thank Super Easy Timer for sponsoring our show. Search for Super Easy Timer on the Mac App Store today to give it a try. So Spencer, I've got a tip for you. Uh, okay. And this has to do with uh, serializing strings, uh, at which point I'm sure you have probably written uh, string.data using utf 8 yep. Um, that's kind of what is super ingrained in us to type mostly because it came from, uh, the objective C like way of thinking about how to convert strings to data. Uh, but that gives you an optional, um, which is great. If you're like trying to convert it to ASCII, not so great. If you want UTF-8 because every Unicode string can be represented in UTF-8 and I put every with an asterisk because if you have an NS string, then maybe it's not a UTF-8 string anyways. Uh, putting that aside because we don't deal with any strings no more. yeah, um, there is a better way, and this is a pattern that Swift itself uses quite a lot, but I hardly ever see in any uh Swift app that people are writing uh and that is to cast one type to another, so if you want to cast a string to data. Our Objective-C minds are thinking, okay, you have a string. You say dot .data to get the data version of it. Uh, the Swift mindset of this, which has not propagated nearly as well, uh, is to just say data, the type, open parentheses, and put your string, and that will convert the string to data. Now, you right. can't do that, but you can do a data, open parentheses, string.utf8, which is not optional. It's just going to give uh-huh. you a utf8 view of the string, uh, and data takes a sequence as an initializer, which UTF-8 is. Uh, and that sequence is of U into 8 bytes, which can then be read as data. So right. if you need to convert strings to data, just use the initializer on data. If you need to convert data to strings, well, you guessed it. There's a string initializer uh, that takes data, um, and it will... It will go ahead and give you uh, that data directly. Uh, right. If you go ahead and say string decoding as, uh, and then you just pass UTF-8 as the marker uh, here, um, and it will go ahead and decode that data as UTF-8. Um, so uh, I, I used I used these uh, methods in bytes, and I completely forgot about this until um, I saw Rob Napier here uh, post about it on Macedon. So that's when I was reminded Uh, That these are indeed a thing that I don't use nearly as often as I should. Uh, And therefore, I am sharing with everyone. Please use these methods instead of the uh, old
1: crusty Objective-C flavors. That's cool. I didn't even know that uh, string just had a a .utf8 property on it. So uh, that's cool. That's very cool. I will definitely use that.
0: Uh, now it's time for mini review corner. And as I understand it, Spencer, you bought several Mac minis. Hence I did. Apple.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they're not new Mac minis. In fact, they're almost oh no. all at least a decade old. Uh, but uh, in our, at least my infinite quest to uh, put out to the universe and more specifically to Apple that I just want like an, a Raspberry Pi made by Apple so I can have Apple frameworks. I keep using Mac minis for various things. Like I'm using one for my home sound system because it connects with the serial port to my amp and then I can, you know, turn on the amp and change volume and stuff. Um, Dimitri found this, uh, orchard which is, I would assume is somewhere in California because they got shipped to me very fast. Well, um, Oh, Oh, even faster. Yep. Even closer. um, they uh, sell Mac Minis that are used in some way. Uh, they're obviously used. They're like 10 years old. So I bought a uh, 2012 Mac Mini for, let's see, let me just spec it out here. $105, uh, which comes with the the top of the line 2.6 gigahertz quad core i7. So it's multi-threaded too. So, you know, eight threads. That's That's pretty good for 10 years old uh 250 gig SSD. I'm not sure why I didn't go with the 500 gig cuz it's $500 or $5 more, but <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: it's not a it's not a big uh apple uh,
1: apple tax uh, yeah. <laughs> SSD upgrade. It is $5 more. <laughs> yeah. Uh I think I was just clicking through things fast. I didn't know how long these things would last, although they're still available. Uh and 16 gigs of RAM for $105. That's crazy. Um the the Mac mini that's running my that vapor server right now Is a 2012 as well, but it's like the baseline, maybe eight gigs of RAM. And uh, I think I did replace it with uh, an SSD, but I paid like at least $200 for it like a couple of years ago. So uh, this is a sweet deal, but also they have. four parts mac minis which they have uh 2010 2011 2012 and 2014 models uh ranging from 15 to 25 dollars so i bought two of those uh i bought a 2014 and a 2012 just kind of as like a grab bag just to see what i got um so i've just you know got this pile of mac minis here now (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh but it turns out they all turn on um and he kind of in the um in the webpage tells them that they uh yeah uh need some work most of them are just missing storage uh and missing screws so both of mine are definitely missing screws but everything you know it's just like the plates for like that top or the screws for that top plate so not a big deal um and they are missing storage so i did go on amazon and buy um like some adapters the uh 2014 uses an NVMe SSD but it looks like it's a proprietary connector so I got an adapter for ten dollars and I have an NVMe SSD hanging around somewhere so I'm just gonna use that um and then I needed a connector as well for the 2012 because it didn't have any like SATA connections inside so it's just like a big hole to the bottom of the chassis um and I'm just gonna put one SSD and I don't need to so uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm stoked. I don't know what I'm gonna do with the other two. I, I'm stoked about this maxed out one because like, it's fairly powerful. I mean, it got like almost 3,000 points in Cinebench, which is pretty bad. But uh, you know, it's it's more than anything for fun, and so I can run uh vapor and uh have Apple frameworks as well instead of running it on like a Raspberry Pi where I'm limited to only open source things. So. Oh, and I and did. It, uh, and it should be oh, faster than a Raspberry Pi at the very yeah, least, right? Definitely. Yeah. Even the best Raspberry Pis have a four core processor. And I think they're only, they're not hyper threading. Um, and eight gigs of RAM max. And those are also like, when there's not a shortage of them, I think it's like 65 or $75. So comparable in price, which is pretty cool. And you get a lot more for it. Um, the 2012 maxes out at, catalina um but you can do a little hackery with um the the same software that i used to use for um my hackintosh's open core um and i just updated it to ventura which is like the most version recent version of ventura and it will also was saying that it should support sonoma as well (laughs) um and it runs it runs pretty dang good which is surprising like no um no lag visually all of the animations work okay i haven't you know there's like dimitri said there's probably some like driver issues somewhere but uh pulled up xcode pulled up one of my most recent swift ui apps and it's all running fine so like i'm way stoked to just be able to have the most recent versions of um you know xcode and swift and all of that fun stuff uh running on a at least decade old uh mac mini so uh big recommend um I'd probably, honestly, af- once I'm done with these adapters and getting storage and everything, it's almost probably going to be about $100 for um, uh, the these four parts ones to actually have them run. So I'd probably just buy the, um, the ones that are already complete. And personally, I don't know if Dimitri has a, a differing opinion here, but I'd go with the 2012 Mac Mini because it's quad core and multi-threaded where the 2014 is just two cores. Um and I don't know if it has four threads, probably, but
0: yeah, you most you mostly have Intel to thank that everything still runs yep. fine. Uh because for the past ten years they kind of squandered any any uh, improvements to to processors at all. Yep. So uh, Mac OS did not change at all um to take advantage of faster things. That said, after Sonoma, I don't think we're gonna get a version of the OS that will work on Intel. Nope. Like I just don't think it's gonna happen. Um that's, so that's um, that's done. Uh but I also don't think that we're going to have many versions of macOS running on the first generation M1s and M2s uh after 10 years. Like I don't think that's yeah. going to be the case again because yeah. uh the M series of chips are making so far drastic increases year over year um and that will probably continue uh long enough for the software to uh fully take advantage I say in air quotes uh, of that new power and by fully take advantage, do things a little more lazily in a better and more safe (laughs) way, probably (laughs) um, that will just eat up more performance and then lead to a crummy experience running it on older hardware. So Mm -hmm. uh, something to keep in mind uh, that this is probably the last version of the OS that will kind of run on these machines, but for 50 bucks, like it's, they start, at fifty they bucks at a 50. fully yeah. working Mac Mini. Uh, and then, oh, I want to upgrade this, five dollars. I want to upgrade this another five dollars. Yeah, so the good. five dollars add up quickly to 105, but like it's it's so it's, it's so insignificant. Uh, and most cases you won't really need. Like, if you want a fully functional computer to do like PhoneCup Pro, this is not the machine for you. No, if yeah. you want a working computer that you can tinker with that you can use. Uh, The development stuff that you already know—you want to run a little web server or do this or that—totally a okay. This is something that will work excellent for that kind of thing. So, yeah, um, give this
1: to your mom and/or on Facebook.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, it can can be the 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 online shopping machine uh, Mm -hmm. for all intents and purposes. So, a Uh, plus to that.
1: yeah, just wanted to add one thing. You can subscribe on their website for emails. So I'm assuming when they come out with like the 2016 or 2018 Mac, uh, the Mac minis, the, the dark gray ones. Uh, I'm definitely going to just hop on that. If they're this cheap, dude, it's a good way to like increase the collection. So um, yeah, very cool. Big recommend. Yeah.
0: Um. So I have on, on my show notes here. A brand new uh, little section uh, that I like to call completion curiosities, uh, because as I am completing my timeline, uh, I come across very interesting things. Um, And I wanted to share uh, some of these with everyone. They are not necessarily iOS development or Apple development related at all, uh, but they are kind of technologically uh, interesting um, and worth the read at the very least. Uh, The first one is Unraveling the JPEG, which is uh, an old now, uh, but excellent uh, article that goes through how JPEG encoding works. Um, And it gives you live editable uh, text areas where you can go ahead and change what is being decoded uh, live so you can actually see what those values actually mean. Um, So if you have at, ev- at any point been curious about how jpegs work this is the article for that uh a triple plus to this whoever wrote this thing
1: very cool that's exciting i i didn't have time to get into it but um yeah definitely gonna check it out
0: uh the second one uh that i want to share this week um and i'll probably have uh two to three to share every week because i i was i, I was thinking oh i'll save this one for next week and then i had like seven others so, I have more. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, I'm going to share the second one. Uh, and this one is uh, building a camera in Blender. Um, and you might be wondering, well, like, yeah, you have your camera, you position... No. No, 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 no. <laughs> building a camera in Blender, like a pinhole camera, uh, and have the, ca- the Blender camera just be the sensor. So, you, you start off with uh, an image that is black and white, uh, is inverted... Needs a whole ton of samples to render anything useful. Full of noise, Um, but little by bit little, the person built out. Well, like, hey, we need color filters, so he puts filters like physical geometric filters that will color uh, the the light coming in, so that way you can be interpreted on the sensor. Oh, I need a lens system. Let's build a real lens system <laughs> with so. movable lenses as you rotate the dial, so you can focus. Um, and the output of this is truly pleasant, photoreal, like in a true sense, photoreal yeah. uh, images that have like grain. film grain and the 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 response curves that you would expect out of film. Uh, and it just looks so pleasant. So it's emulating within an emulation like everything so, that's wonderful about cameras um and it is truly wonderful
1: yeah it was it was absolutely amazing he went into detail and he was looking at all of these papers like i'm trying to do this thing oh but except they actually already solved this in the 1800s and i'm just gonna do that and it, i mean emulating film uh, the emotion layer it's just like insane it was one of the coolest things i've ever watched so definitely check it out. It was very cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, Like the, the amount of progression through technology that they went through starting off with a Mm -hmm. pinhole camera, which is literally the simplest camera you can make um, to ultimately what a modern camera or modern film camera, I should say uh, ultimately ended up as, Um, and they went through that progression from start to finish. uh, Not really just jumping to the, the, the end uh the the end goal but to the, learn the mistakes that necessitated new technology along the way right to get better and better quality um at the end of the day it still requires a very powerful computer because yeah uh just we don't have enough samples up the samples <laughs>
1: the, yeah, the funniest we'll... line
0: that gets repeated more and more
1: uh so excellent yeah no it was cool i mean that's like increasing the iso or increasing the amount of light that hits the sensors i mean it's like a very good analog to how cameras actually work so it's uh quite impressive
0: as always i want to personally thank everyone for listening in this week please be sure to follow us on mastodon.social at code completion to know when new episodes go live and feel free to tweet at us if there's ever a topic you'd like for us to dig into most importantly, as a small podcast, please be sure to share this with your friends and family we are also interested in any part of the process of app development. It's your support that enables us to continue doing this, and we hope to grow a healthy community around everything we discuss. Once again, I want to give my thanks to Spencer, who is at Spencer C. Curtis. That's S-P-E-N-C-E-R-C-C-U-R-T-I-S for joining me this week. My name, once again, is Dimitri. You can find me at Dimitri Buniol That's C-I-M-I-T-R-I-B-O-U-N-I-O-L. And we'll see you all next week. Bye. Uh, so I have a super short commented out. Right. Um, so early on in the development for uh, Codable Data Store, which is a project I started in my uh, parental leave, uh, <laughs> did not make any progress for for half of the parental leave, and then started making little progress little by little. Um, uh, that that is finally uh, starting to shape up. Like it's not functional yet, so it's still in the 0.0 point zero point. Uh, uh, version stream. Um, But I I keenly remember uh, early on I asked Spencer, I'm like, hey, the naming. Should I leave these all in a flat directory? I'm only going to have about 10 files. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Uh,
1: How's that going for you?
0: Yeah, I'm now like over 30 files. Uh, I definitely needed uh, to have some sort of organization (laughs) Uh, with folders. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the status update there. Um, <laughs>
1: you never know until you know. Then you're like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah.
0: So once again, uh, mis misappropriating the estimation costs of software development. Uh, oh, uh, this should be easy. I I have everything in my head about like how to put this together. What could go wrong? Uh, it turns out lots lots could go wrong in the process and you you tend to need a lot of files for stuff yeah. like that so
1: i uh yeah. early on i think it was when i was either teaching or as a student at dev mountain um some student asked hey you know when we're estimating costs for doing contract work for someone how do you figure out how much time it'll take and he said Give yourself like a best guess about how long it'll take and then triple it. And you'll probably be right then. So it sounds like you just need to triple the amount of files that you estimate and you'll be pretty much there.
0: Yeah, I would add to that. Just add a constant two weeks. I don't know. Uh, Add a constant to anything. It can be depending on what you're doing. Uh, but just add a constant because you're going to need a vacation sometime in the middle of that. Mm. <laughs> that's a, fair, yeah. <laughs> a break as you're under the stress of not finishing the thing in the time that you said it would take. Uh, so uh, if you're working on like a matter of hours, add hours. If it's on the order of days, add days. Right. If it's on the order of weeks, add some weeks. Uh, <laughs> that's irrespectable to the to the multiplication. Um, and y- you'll, you'll thank yourself for that mm-hmm. uh, because... Uh, yeah, time time runs out. Like I, I started this in May. Uh, it is now as we record the end of June. Um, my parental leave finishes like in a week or two, um, oh, and it's it's like daunting to think about going back to work at this point because my sk- like we make it seem like oh yeah we're recording <laughs> finding a time to record is like impossible. Um, And requires so much coordination. Um, And that's just recording. Like, just regular life is impossible. Working Mm -hmm. on Codable Data Store is near impossible. Uh, I get at most, like, two to three hours that are cut up into 10-minute chunks uh, with hour-long breaks in between as uh, I, like, am left to think about how to do something instead of actually trying it out and iterating that way, so um i am terrified to go back to work uh but it's going to happen and i don't know we'll see if they want to keep me for long <laughs> i wouldn't want to keep me uh with the <laughs> amount of progress i'm doing but uh yeah uh so and this will be interesting in a in few months uh, to see how well i can cope and adapt to this new way of life but uh so far uh the, the magic point in time where they say, oh yeah, at three month old, it, it like gets better. um We'll see. I don't think yeah. it's going to happen. Uh, so far, it's not better. um I think for a lot of people, it's better because they just hand off all responsibility of raising a child to their partner, um, yeah. which tends to be their wife, uh, which is like not something that I am interested in any part in doing. Like I do want to, to put in, enough work there so that way Lynn is not like shouldering all of this burden on her own. Um, And I don't even want her to shoulder more than half the burden um, because like we're doing this together. So uh, that's just on me to figure out. And I don't think life uh, is very welcoming to that. Like at least as far as our society currently is, like it's very much. Um, if, if someone's working, then they're going back to work and then they're not also putting in the work elsewhere. So, um, that's, it's going to be interesting to see how well, uh, going back to work, uh, goes. Um, but I fully, I, I, I fully jokingly expect, uh, to get, uh, canned as I'm unable to, (laughs) to keep up with, uh, any amount of real work, um, following that. So. Uh, I'm not gonna like actively try to get cancer. Sure, yeah, to yeah. be 100% <laughs> clear, I, I do want to keep keep a job. Having a job is is very uh, comforting towards uh, the very large number that is my debt of uh, having a house and stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, I like my motivation is to keep everything going smoothly. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm gonna be for the first time, prioritizing my family over prioritizing work in any way. So, yeah. uh, that's going to be interesting to see how long I could keep that up. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You got this. Uh, you yeah. know, I can't really give any advice. I don't know what you're doing, <laughs> but I know you got this man. I know you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it. For, for what that's worth from a guy that has no family, uh, you know, you'll do good. So
0: I, I'm beta testing it out for you. So that way you can yes. give you feedback
1: yeah that'll be good there have been a lot of beta testers and i'm still not convinced so (laughs) it's just chaos run while you can yeah Um, everything's fine (laughs) well you know you said like people say it gets better after three months and then fernando chimes in he's like it doesn't get better it just gets different i'm like oh (laughs) yeah
0: yeah like i fully expect to need to take care of a child as they grow older Um, but like, I am, I am patiently waiting for that phase where they become a coherent thought maker, um, and are not just a, uh, a a baby in survival mode that can't do anything for itself. Um, and like, I will cherish that point. And that, at that point I will probably like quit of my own volition because I would prefer to spend time with, uh, teaching my family than to spend my time like working for someone else but until then i don't have anywhere near the amount of savings that's necessary to make that a possibility uh so it's it's purely on uh i'm now on survival mode of like how am i going to uh prioritize and make work something that uh was previously something that had a lot more time like Mm -hmm. me me working like i put out a lot right now my output is gonna drastically shrink uh because instead of eight to ten hours a day to work i now have two on a good day like sometimes it's much worse and it's definitely not two consecutive hours right it's two hours subdivided so it's it's definitely gonna be interesting um, and I look forward to reporting back after a year to see like how, yeah. how well this has worked out for me. Um, if, if this background changes, uh, I will try to preserve <laughs> it in VR form or something there we go. To, <laughs> to to make it seem like I'm not under a bridge in some capacity, but, uh, I will, I will make it work. <laughs> the podcast
1: will continue. That's right. That's the most important thing more than family. I'm just kidding. Um no, but I was just gonna say like I look forward to your updates. So yes, uh, I think uh it'll be fun to to hear how it's how it goes. And I think definitely in you know, a year you'll be in a better place for sure. So at this point
0: I'd like to introduce our member special no, I'm just kidding. We don't have <laughs> any membership or anything of the sort. Uh though I, I do start a Patreon. Forward- yeah, I, I do look forward to to code completion growing uh to the point where it could eventually uh, have members that like support us directly, uh, and then yeah. we don't have to to work for someone else. And we're now working for you uh, to provide you good content. Um, that's that's like the dream of a content creator in some way, shape, or form, right? So hopefully, yep. we can get to that point. It's not going to happen overnight, but
1: little yep. by little, right? Yep. So what we're saying is like and subscribe, <laughs> and and hit that bell icon that's on right, your podcast yep. app. Yeah. Do
0: they have bell icons? I don't know. Flip that notification switch. (laughs) That's right.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye.